Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Heifer Rear Cube. A trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Hello and welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. The uncertainty has been continuing all week over Brexit with a deadline set for Sunday to reach a deal as the clock ticks to January 1st. We look at the pressure on the agri-sector, in particular dairy, to control greenhouse gas emissions into the environment. Our Tagusk advisory this week looks at the yearly review of farm performance and key indicators to attaining best practice. Our seasonal topic this week takes us on a visit to a turkey farm in County Cork. And Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at other stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. €5.5 billion worth of Irish agri-food exports to the UK are at stake, even with a limited Brexit trade deal, according to the Irish Farmers Association. This week's Aroctus Agriculture Committee heard Irish farmers stand to take an unsustainable hit. Dairy Industry Ireland called for a very significant government and EU intervention. Meat Industry Ireland said that a no-deal Brexit will cause chaos and disruption on a level never seen before. Here's a short flavour of some of the debate this week, albeit held in the vacuum created by the ongoing Brexit talks. With these contributions from IFA President Tim Cullinan in reply to Senator Paul Daly. Like there are more sectors than agriculture waiting for an outcome over the next couple of days, whatever it is, and they have no idea how it's going to affect them. I suppose agriculture and the mushroom sector in particular, from the night the result of the vote was announced on the referendum in the UK, uh, got a massive hit. So agriculture, I suppose, has that little bit of an advantage in that we we know how it can affect us already, irrespective of which outcome it is, uh, deal or no deal. But forgetting about the deal or no deal, are there potentials or can there be potentially gains here or positives to be got out of this? And the the area I'm coming at, and I'd like to know both organisations, maybe what contingency plans you would have put in place or how you could see the sector developing to meet some of the potential benefits. Like I, like everyone else, was shocked when the humble spud was used last week as one of the the, the leverage tools and to realise that there mightn't be a chipper in Ireland operational if we couldn't get the potato in from England. There, there has to be potential there to, 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 for the re-emergence of the Irish potato sector, uh, not necessarily in a commercial scale. Like in, in my younger days, there was a couple of drills or a half an acre of potatoes in every farm in the country. Is there potential there and have you any contingency plans or have you looked at for, to, to benefit from maybe some of the positives that might come from this? And another one that maybe would, would concern both, both, both organisations, but maybe more so the INHA, is... Depending again on how Brexit goes, the, the, the Welsh sheep mightn't be going to France. 
there's a potential there for us. Like, could, 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 our, could our sheep sector uh, be a big winner in this if we're prepared for it, if we have our own work done, if we have the plans in place? And I know from our side, with the correct supports from government, and they're just two, and I know time's limited, I could mention maybe five or six more areas, but I'll concentrate on them too, the potato and the sheep. Uh, you know, could there be potentials here, and are we ready for them, and can we maximise the greatest benefits from them? Look, there's always, you know, in every crisis, I think, you know, we have to look and see where there can be benefits. And I suppose, and, you know, you mentioned uh, the potato industry first, and you're right. Like, there is a risk. We've seen it, one of our own, Thomas McEwan highlighted last week, you know, even in, with the, the bigger potatoes for, for, for making chips. There's a scarcity of them, you know, and that is something you know, we would be looking at with our members, you know, would, would farmers be interested in, in developing... Uh, a sector growing larger potatoes for that for that uh, market and you know the seed potatoes but that the seed potatoes obviously going to take time because you know what I mean the, there's rights around the seeds and all of that and again look this, this is where the government needs to step up to the plate as well you know it's a fair point everybody has been highlighting you know the, the costs and the concerns around around Brexit and we have to look at the gains I suppose another and, and I suppose if we look at the vegetable sector as well like what happens this time of the year, we've seen it year and year again that we have a very specialised group of people growing vegetables here in Ireland. And what happens nearly every year coming up to Christmas is a retailer will put the vegetables on promotion. The, I've seen it years where the vegetables were actually left in the fields and they were imported into this country. So what we will be saying there is, hold on here now, we have a group of people growing. This is happening as we speak growing vegetables, that the first call for any retailer should be for Irish. And I think, I think overall, I think it's important to mention that here this evening, Chairman, that the, you know, the general public should support, first call will be to, to buy Irish, particularly now coming up to Christmas. I think that's an area that um, we can focus in on. And you know, we have, bear with all, the, the farmers out there at the moment, they are growing them and ensure that they are better supported and maybe some government support around that as well. And for the sheep sector, as I mentioned already, there is a half million lambs coming from Northern Ireland down into ROI for slaughter every year as it is. Now, I think it is important that we continue to you know that cross-border trade and fairness that works both ways. If those lambs are coming down, definitely we can look at new markets. I think we've seen, we've seen the price of lamb this year. We're talking about another crisis is in COVID. What has happened since the, since the start of COVID is obviously the food service sector has closed down and consumers are eating a lot more at home. And lamb was always a product that didn't really sell at food service sector. So we've seen a huge um, demand for lamb by people cooking themselves and it has been promoted. And so you know, there will always be an opportunity, I suppose, with lamb, I suppose, trying to find new markets. And I'd have to say, I think you've raised a very valid point here, because this is a point I had been raising with Borbia for the last two years. Why wasn't our state body looking for markets, alternative markets, for particularly beef over the last two, three or four years now? And this is something I had been raising for quite a while, and I think that should be a message going from this committee to know why 
Board Bia was not looking for alternative markets. IFA President Tim Cullinan there in reply to Senator Paul Daly. Vincent Roddy, Director of the Irish Natura and Hill Farmers Association, also addressed the committee. You know, we, we have one advantage that most other um, operators into, into Britain haven't, and that is that, that Irish, that first and second generation and third generation Irish. Uh, and I think while most of them will identify as English, um, they still will have a loyalty to Ireland and to Irish products. Uh, and I think that is something that we can benefit off. Um, just in the event of a hard Brexit, uh, obviously that's going to be a major concern. Uh, if that does happen, and, and we hope it doesn't, um, then we will need to look at, at putting proper supports in there for, for farmers, um, you know, direct supports and supports for, for intervention if, if necessary. So, so that will have to happen. Um, I, I do think as well, though, the um, we need to also look just at what is happening in, in the event of a hard Brexit you know, it will also obviously impact on British beef uh, going to Europe and British lamb. Uh, and currently there is almost a half a billion euro worth of British beef going into Europe. Now, I know it's lower in cuts, uh, but but there is a potential for us to make a play for that, I think, uh, definitely. And there's over 400 million euro worth of British lamb going into Europe. Uh, so, again, that, that that's important. But to come back, it's back down to the point that we've raised and raised over and over again is the need to make sure that we have, we can get the product to the market in, in time. Um, and that's why, you know, the land bridge, you know, has worked quite well. Uh, but unfortunately, the land bridge is going to give massive problems um, in the event, uh, at, well, whatever comes after the 1st of January. So, so we do need um, more ferries. Uh, and we welcome the fact that, that we have had a uh, ferry put in place from Ross Lair uh, to Dunkirk. But we believe that we need more. Obviously, Lost Lair is a port, we believe, to, to put them out of. Uh, and that does need to happen because, you know, currently, even as it is, uh, the, the, the exports from Ireland into the UK, there's three billion uh, a year in exports from Ireland to the UK. Uh, that's between meat and, and dairy produce. Eighty five percent of that is put through the land bridge. That's not going to be possible uh, from once we get into January. So, so those two points I just want to say. Vincent Roddy, director of the INHFA. And Cork Southwest Independent TD Michael Collins gave his assessment to the committee of how rural Ireland is responding to the Brexit uncertainty. But what I, and I am concerned, you know, there's a lot of discussions going on at the moment and uh, <coughs> focus on, on, on fisheries and there's talks of um, last week Michelle Barnier was offering 18% uh, more fish stocks to, to the UK, which is Irish fish she was offering, which is quite serious. And I don't think that's been picked up at all in the state. Or are we just going to do blindly go by and leave our fish uh, our fishing industry go under? Um, but are we are we offering away 18% of our, 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 our agriculture as well? Because if it is, we'll, we have a lamb, uh, 20% export in lambs. Are we going to be down to 2%? Where are we, uh, where are we going to lose out most? I can see companies like Carberry, Bellanine, uh, my own constituency, were great employers and, and have done so much work in the last two or three years to prepare for this. Like, Are there many more companies like uh, they are in Bellanine uh, prepared for uh, what is going to happen next? And, and, and one of the questions you've already um, answered uh, is that have we access new markets? Like and you were saying about flying calves out to, to Belgium and places like that, but in relation to cheese, have we access new markets uh, in relation to cheese and, 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 and probably the pig and, and, and lamb sectors as well? Cork South West Independent TD Michael Collins. A flavour there of some of the debate at this week's Aroctus Agriculture Committee hearing.
The Irish Farmers Journal say they can exclusively reveal that farmers are guaranteed to receive €630 million in crucial farm payments in 2021. Writing in the journal, Katrina Morrissey, news editor for the journal, points out that the Minister has secured funding for schemes such as GLOSS, the BDGP, ANC, Sheep Welfare and TAMS for next year, after the European Commission gave the green light to the Department of Agriculture in recent days. Ms Morrissey points out some 48,000 farmers in Gloss will receive €202 million Euro next year, while €40 million Euro BDGP money will be paid to beef and suckler farmers. €80 million Euro in TAMS funding is added to the ANC, Sheep Welfare Scheme, the Burren Programme, Forestry and Organics Funds, which have been safeguarded. A rollover of €250 million Euro in ANC money for 90,000 farmers, previously confirmed by Minister McConnellogue. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. There's intense pressure on the agri-sector, in particular dairy, to control greenhouse gas emissions into the environment. In this month's Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine, there's an article which shows how it's done while bringing financial returns to the farmer. John O'Connor is here with me to explain a bit further. Well, Barry, looking at the financial benefits of sustainable farming in a 100 cow herd, Ms Kira Donovan, Farm Sustainability Advisor, Supply Chain Division, writing in the December 2020 issue of the Dairy Gold magazine, Milk Matters, refers to the role of milk recording, EBI, Economic Breeding Index, extended grazing, soil fertility and clover usage. So can we look at milk recording and what does Kira have to say about that? The extra value of milk recording in a 100 cow herd could be worth €23,650. Using milk record data to reduce SEC levels, SEC somatic cell count, the unit value gain could produce 50 kgs of milk solids per cow per year more, equating to €23,650. Now, AHI Animal Health Ireland have shown that in a 100 cow herd, financial loss from SEC due to production loss, discarded milk, treatment cost, vet cost, culling and penalties are on average €15,200. That's in a herd with SEC of 200,000 to 300,000. 18,500 is a loss in a herd with SEC of 300,000 to 400,000. In excess of 30,000 euro loss if SEC is 400,000. Given the potential loss or gain here, milk recording should be made a priority on every farm. And John, how does the author set out the advantages of EBI, Economic Breeding Index, in this 100-cow herd? Kira points out that latest work by Chagas indicates that for each €10 gain in a herd, there's been a gain of €20 in terms of additional net profit per cow per year, which also equates to a 2% reduction in the carbon emissions. While this might not sound a very significant gain, remember it's possible for a herd to increase their herd EBI each year, while many other factors would be once-off benefits. The unit value gain of Euro 20 equates to €2,000 at the end of the year extra. And she refers to the role of extended grazing in this 100 cow herd worth €2,700 extra over the 12-month period. 
a 10-day increase in grazing season can lead to a 1.7% reduction in the carbon footprint and a €27 increase in profit per cow. One stipulation, all facets of grassland management need to be excellent and weather favourable, amongst other things for this. The extended grazing income, the extra income, can amount to €2,700. And what about soil fertility? Soil fertility action to be taken. Go from low to optimum soil fertility, grow two tonnes extra grass per hectare and earn €4,895 extra from your 100 cow herd. Now, lime alone can release €50 worth of N, providing a return on investment of 1 to 7 in a ratio. Kira has a much more detailed analysis of Irish soils in her article in the December Milk Matters magazine. And I understand clover usage could bring a financial boost of €12,413. Kira points out by incorporating clover there can be a massive financial benefit and given that clover is now compulsory for all reseeding done by derogation farmers, clover is indeed well worth getting right. With the correct combination, your 100 herd of cows could earn €12,413 extra. Now, this is only a very brief general guide to the financial benefits of sustainable farming. Miss Kira Donovan has a huge amount of analysis and tips in her article in the December 2020 issue of the Dairy Gold magazine Milk Matters. Thanks for that, John. This is Hedgerow Week, an important wildlife habitat, especially for woodland flora and fauna. Chagask has released an online video to explain its initiative for the week and it's introduced by Catherine Keener, Chagask Countryside Management Specialist. We often hear about hedgerow quality, but what about quantity? Chagask uses earth observation technologies such as satellites, drones and GIS to map the Irish agri-environment. Stuart Green explains. Uh, one of our main targets over the years has been hedgerows, uh, looking at the extent of hedgerows and the condition of hedgerows. And we can do that using satellites and air photographs to give us a map of hedgerows. And then we can use technologies like laser scanning and drones to get characteristics of individual hedgerows. Uh, Over the years, we've attempted to map the estate of hedgerows uh, many times. And we've got uh, an estimate of roughly 680,000 kilometres of hedgerow in the country. Uh, That's if you have a very broad definition of hedgerow. That's everything sort of woody that grows on a boundary trees, hedgerows, broken hedgerows, relic hedgerows and so on. Um, And of course it varies enormously across the country. Um, The the counties around the Midlands and the border, they tend to have the highest density of hedgerows, small fields, relatively low intensity. So counties like Cavan would be up at the top of the list in terms of the amount of hedgerows per hectare. And then, maybe surprisingly, it's the counties on the western seaboard that tend to have the lowest percentage. Uh, And this is because They've got such wide areas, open upland, that isn't enclosed. And, of course, counties like Donegal, Galway, would have a lot of uh, stone walls rather than hedgerows. Uh, The technologies we use to map hedgerows, uh, satellites and aerophotography, they look down from above. So they they give us the footprint of the hedgerow. So we can say what the extent is nationally, what the length is. But, of course, you know, hedgerows are three-dimensional. So if we want to look at the volume of a hedgerow, its height, its width, its density... We need to use technologies like laser scanning and drones which can give us that 3D model. And from that we can determine how much biomass is in the hedgerow and then look at things like sequestration of the hedgerow uh, for carbon. 
And you can view that video online on this Tagus Hedgerow Week. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine is reminding farmers that completed nitrates record forms for the movement of organic fertiliser, temporary movement of animals during the year or short-term rental grazing agreements records three, four and five forms for 2020 should be submitted now to the following nitrates at agriculture.gov.ie or lowercase or by post to Nitrates Section, Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Johnstown Castle, County Wexford, Y35PN52. Submitting these forms by 31st of December 2020 can help farmers to comply with the 170 kg of nitrates per hectare livestock manure limit or the 250 kg nitrates hectare limit in the case of approved derogation farmers. Farmers who wish to have rented lands included in nitrates calculations for 2020 must also submit fully completed rental stroke grazing forms, record 5, to the nitrates section now. Last year, the majority of farmers submitted their forms on time and stayed within the limit and avoided any penalties. This applies to all farmers, including those with an approved derogation. Only forms submitted before 31st of December 2020 will be eligible for nitrates credit for 2020. The department points out that listeners should kindly note that the only accepted proof of postage is swift post receipt or registered post receipt. Relevant forms available from the following the nitrate section, you may email nitrates at agriculture.gov.ie or by phoning the following number 076-1064-415. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Next on Farm Talk, our weekly Tagusk advisory. Edmund Moakley, B&T Dairy Advisor in Middleton, joins us. We're discussing the yearly review of farm performance 
And to begin with on this programme, we look at three topics, milk sales, grass growth and profit monitor. Yeah, I suppose it's been an eventful year and a big change from this time 12 months ago. So, yeah, I was kind of thinking around the lines of yearly review for farmers at the time of the year. I suppose a big one to kind of start off with is my point, my, my designation and tag as an advisor is dairy. So I work with dairy farmers a lot. It's a business, it's a lifestyle, but at the end of the day, you need to review it and it needs to perform in order to be generating money, which is um, vital to everyone. So I suppose like the first one there, Barry, that I'd like to get people maybe just think about is crop reports are coming out now regularly, created by ACBS in conjunction with the various crops. There's been an awful lot of talk about the environment in recent times and about a lot of other considerations, but like the farmer needs to go back and assess what they're doing themselves. So, like, the crop report gives great information. Just some interesting points on the crop reports that are there and for farmers who might pull them out and actually go look at it to see how they're performing relative to others. The interesting one is that the dairy gold average, and I only do speak now from January to October because they're the current most recent reports that would be available. 390 kilos of solids would have been the average milk sold for all dairy gold suppliers in the region. 4.14 4.14 fat then was the average for her and 3.57. So it's just something for people to benchmark themselves off. If you go to the Glen Bia clients who might be in the, on the, in the listen to the program, 384 kilos of solids of waffle salt up to the end of October, and there was 4.19 fat and 3.56 protein. Now, some of the other listeners may be in the other, in Cabrier region, and they may be in, they can talk relative to that. I suppose, interestingly, there has been a slight improvement in 2019 in those reports. When you look at the same period from January to October, 389 kilos of solids was sold in the dairy gold region in 2019. So, like, you're up one kilo. Whereas if you go to the Glenbier region, it was exactly the same as 384 kilos of solids in 2019 as well. The big one, I suppose, for farmers is in around mid to end of January, generally, it comes out. That would be the year-end report. And that would be looking at the overall production for the farm. So, like... A lot of the stuff we talk about in Tagus, right, we have a target there, let's say, of 500 kilos of solids sold per cow on the farm in a 12-month period. So that's what farmers are kind of aiming for. And, like, if you're a long ways off that, I suppose, just go back and look at the individual cows, look at the age profile of the herd, maybe ask yourself questions, why are you not up there, or why are you not um, getting the same performance as the dairy gold average? And, like, the top 10% would be well ahead of that. Like, you'd be looking at the top 10% of dairy gold players would be up to 486 kilos of solids at the end of October, so... That's the kind of range that's there. And when you think of the value of a, a kilo of milk solids, like it's a lot of money, it really influences how much you end up with at the end of the year. So, Barry, that's um, the crop report. I suppose the next thing then to bring into the review is if you're a farmer who is using pasture base and like the changes that were made during the year, everyone in derogation, so that's a higher stock farm, should be using pasture base stone. The thing is, pasture base, we base everything on grass production. That's in, well, a lot of it is on grass production because it's the lowest cost feed that comes into any dairy farm or beef farm for that matter. Pasture base is a tool available through Tagusk, and there's various other tools that are available as well, but the idea of them is that they give farmer assistance on how to manage their grass and get the most out of it. So like the pasture base, basically what am I saying to review at the end of the year? I'm saying look at the amount of walks that a farmer has done, and then go and look at maybe the summary of grass grown. We are currently running grass groups in Tagusk. Um, I run one there on a farm up to this year now and we'll be finishing soon with um, Henry Fitzgerald out in Ballyhooley and we reviewed it recently and we will have another review before the end of the year but like to look at grass growing and Henry's farm grew on average around 12,000 kilos of dry matter 
And like when you look at that, then when you're going back reviewing it, you're looking at your best performing paddocks and you're looking at your lowest performing paddocks. Henry's top performing paddock would have been doing 15 ton. So you can work the best on that. That obviously if the top paddock was doing 15 ton, there was an average of 12 growing. There was some paddocks that weren't performing as well. Now I will say there was some growing came in during the year as well, which would be relevant to the farm and that would be digged in. The other thing to kind of watch at the moment is in the last two weeks, yeah, we, we would have been encouraging clients to get out and walk their farm to do a final cover. And the purpose of that is calving rate is getting more compact all the time, right, with spring milk systems. And you're not going to grow grass at the start of the year, right? We know how low the soil temperature are at the moment. The days are short. The grass is going to grow. And the same continues in the earlier part of the spring. So for people who may be able to get out there early in the spring, they need to have enough grass on the farm in order to be able to, let's say, right out the crust of the wave until April when grass growth starts to exceed the demand. So, like, the rain's there at the moment in the local area here, right, and I'm speaking from Mallow back to more parklets and actually down South Connor. you're looking at, I reviewed the farmers that were there and on the list, and we have covers done, and there was a range of 700 to 890 average farm cover across the town, and that was the first, up to the first week of December. I suppose, Barry, continuing on from that then, the other one that really dictates is you have to look at your financial performance. I'd be hoping that all callers at this stage would be after talking to their accountant. It's generally been a quite a good year. The thing about it is costs have been down because of the cocooning and because of being locked up. People haven't been able to get out and quite a few farmers have made that comment to me. Let's say other expenses are down, like, you know, younger family and trips away. There was no family holiday, things like that. It made more money inside the current account where people generally are working the farm off of as well. It's a, it's a, I mean, for another day, let's say, as regards whether it's right thing or not to do, but a profit monitor gives a very in-depth review of how the farm is performing. So you're in the month of December, it's a good time to sit down maybe and fill in the information and fill in the profit monitor. I suppose because of the fact that like we're working remotely and things like that and groups aren't meeting on the ground as they normally would do in normal times, um, the profit monitor is something that the farmer can do and they can look at themselves, right, whether they want to discuss it in a group. Afterwards, it's up to themselves that they could benchmark off maybe their own neighbours and colleagues who'd be in discussion groups. But the option is there to do that. The farmer is totally, um, depends on the advisor, the advisor, it's um, independent and personal information. So, like, it can be done without discussing with anyone else and the farmer should be reminded of that. Very confidential. It looks at the farm and digs in per hectare to see how much money you're making. Edmund Mowgli, B&T Dairy Advisor with Tagusk in Middleton. We'll continue that discussion on the yearly review of farm performance in our Wednesday night programme. New regulations aimed at helping prevent the direct runoff of soiled water from farm roadways are being introduced from the start of next year. The new requirements operational from 1st of January 2021 have been published by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. For farmers, for example, who have a grassland stocking rate of over 170 kgs of nitrogen a hectare, livestock drinking points must be at least 20 metres from watercourses and animals must be prevented from having access to streams for drinking. If there's a roadway between the truck and the watercourse, the 20 metres stipulation does not apply. Where a farm road slopes down towards a public road and where there are waters running parallel with the public road, the relevant section of the coming 2021 regulation states that provision shall be taken to ensure that runoff from the farm roadway does not enter the watercourse or the ditch. Steps must be taken to convey the soil's water in question to a suitable soakage area. 
The runoff issues from roadways differ greatly from farm to farm. The variables can be soil type, stream or drain density on the farm, rainfall levels, slope and topography, roadway condition, as well as herd size, frequency of road use, machinery, traffic, and also residency time of the animals on any particular roadway, etc. All of these variables must be taken into account when you are considering a solution to prevent runoff of sediment and nutrients into water. The department's S199 document, Minimum Specification for Farm Roadways, gives details of how to comply with these new requirements and also provides the full specifications on the construction of a new roadway. Farmers may need to employ the services of their agricultural advisor to assist in designing a workable long-term solution. Further extensive information on the new nitrates rules coming in 1st of January 2021 are available in the November-December 2020 issue of the Chagas Clients magazine Today's Farm. Details by Mr Tim Hyde, Environment Specialist Chagas and Mr Raymond Grace, ASAP Advisor. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. 60 new jobs are to be created in a 60 million euro expansion of our newest Mitchellstown plant. The Amadou reported this week the project's part of a move to capitalise on growing interest in Irish butter, particularly in Germany. Local County Councillor Deirdre O'Brien said it's a hugely positive development for farmers in North Cork and surrounding counties. She said it will give confidence to the farming community in the production of grass-fed milk, given the effects of Brexit on the sector. Councillor O'Brien also paid tribute to Dairy Gold Chief Executive Jim Wolfe, who she credited with the growing success of the agriculture industry in the area. A family-run bakery in County Limerick signed a €1.5 million euro contract with Aldi. Toomey's Bakery will be supplying Aldi stores with apple tarts, fruit scones, apple crumble and more as part of that deal. The well-known Drumcolour business currently employs 44 local staff, with 12 more jobs opening up as a result of the contract. General Manager at the bakery, Ty Gauthier, says the family's hard work has paid off. It's a huge endorsement of the work that the Toomey family have done for the last 100 plus years. It's um, we're using the traditional recipes and to see them recognised by a company like Aldi is, is, is it's very rewarding, it's very reassuring um, and it's very positive. We have been operating it on, on, a, on a small scale over the last 12 months. It would have kind of kicked in in full force for the last six to eight weeks and it's, it's, it's performing very well for us. It's planning, uh, it's organisation and it's getting the team in the bakery behind us. We're over the moon, yeah. Farmers and members of the agriculture sector are being asked to submit new and innovative ideas to improve farm safety. One million euro in funding will go towards the development, trial and rollout of the proposals, which can be submitted until the 29th of January next. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Martin Hayden, said he was keen to keep farmers centrally involved in the safety standards process, as farming accidents account for half of all workplace fatalities in Ireland. Turkey sales in Cork are flying high. 94% of Irish people tucked into a turkey dinner on Christmas Day last year and the sales are expected to be even higher this year. Denise Healy of Healy's Free Range Turkeys in Carrick Navarre has orders in for more than 1,000 turkeys. c 103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran has been out there for farm talk. <laughs> so I'm Denise Healy from Healy's Free Range Turkeys. What kind of uh, orders have you got this year for the turkeys? 
So the orders have been very strong this year and people started ordering in August this year which was um, unprecedented because of the year that's in it but I think people wanted to get rid of this year as fast as they possibly could. So um, orders have been coming in very strong since August. And we've heard talk that people are ordering smaller turkeys. Is that the way it is? Yes, that's very true. Um, People are getting... um, Smaller turkeys, I suppose, because there's a lot of people that won't make Christmas dinner this year. Um, so they're ordering much smaller sizes, which we have uh, allocated for this year. Um, so this year we sat down in February and had a chat about what we were planning to order. Again, the pandemic struck in, in March and threw everything off base. So we decided we would um, rethink the situation. And after speaking with our supplier, he advised us to order smaller turkeys this year because people would have smaller crowds with all the lockdowns. This is what we did and um, it has proved right for us that we we, we made a a good decision in in ordering smaller sizes. And with your turkeys, what um, is the whole process around rearing turkeys for Christmas? Well, it's great fun really. You start off in July. um, Start off in July and get my turkeys in and get them settled. Once they're settled and and kind of uh, well able to feed themselves, uh, we leave them out in grass. So um, they're all out in grass in August um, and they're free range from August to November, um, which is fantastic. You know, it's, it's great. They love when the doors open in the morning and, and let, let them out in the field. This year has been really good because the weather has been good for us. So um, I think he's falling in love with you. <laughs> Um, so this year has been really good for us because um, the weather has been really good for the turkeys in general. Um, so yeah, we lock them in every night just in case we have some um, some uh, uh, foxes calling or whatever. So they are locked in every night, but they're out every morning all day long. And you start killing them now? Yeah, I think it's nice to start early and let them hang for a little bit and let the, let the meat mature a little bit, you know. Um, you get a, get a nice flavour off them as opposed to doing them too soon. And do you supply them then to shops and butchers or is it just people who can call individually and order their turkeys? So I do both. I do home orders and people call us the farm gate for them. Um, I also supply some uh, butchers in the English market. Um, I supply some butchers in the suburbs and I also supply outside of County Park. So we go to Kerry and we go up... Um, Dublin and Offaly. Fantastic. What kind of turkeys are these then? These ones are, the, the breed of them is Hock and Hull, so they, I get them in from Northern Ireland. Um, they're a lovely broad-breasted turkey, so I know there's going to be plenty meat in them at Christmas time, no matter what size they are, whether they're very small or whether they're the larger birds, I know they're, they're, there's good meat in them. Denise, do you think that um, a lot more people now are opting for a free-range turkey rather than a supermarket off-the-shelf turkey where they don't know it's been sourced from? I think since lockdown, people kind of um, have started cooking good quality food again and have gone back to their local butchers, mm. which you know, which is fantastic because people appreciate Irish good quality Irish food. Um, that, that turn needed to come. There's a lot of imported products coming into supermarkets and, you know, it did hit the Irish market big time and it did hit the turkey trade. Um, every year you're kind of hoping you'll sell your turkeys, but there's still no guarantees this year. It's fantastic. I mean, the market is fantastic this year because people are starting to appreciate home produce. 
And you have over a thousand turkeys here. Have you got orders in for all of those now or can people still order? No, I'm actually sold out, um, which is fantastic. I I can't believe the, the response this year. It's absolutely amazing, you know. Um, I'm supplying my butchers and I'm looking after them. I've had them for years. Um, so I look after my butchers and my regular customers. And what is the thrill for you of having a turkey farm? Oh my God. Um, th- it's just a bit of banter at Christmas. It's my Christmas. I love the banter. I love meeting people. I only speak to people once a year for, for their turkey order. Um, it's great having that catch up at Christmas time. I absolutely love the banter with it. I grew up with it at home myself. So my parents started me on this um, <laughs> trend of, of turkey farming. Um, so I suppose I owe it to them, uh, even though I cursed it when I was younger. And here I go now. But I absolutely love the banter at Christmas. It's, it's my Christmas. Denise Healy of Healy's Free Range Turkeys in Navarra, Speaking there to C103's senior news reporter, Fiona Corcoran. Food Safety Authority of Ireland is holding a webinar next Tuesday at 10am to outline what Brexit will mean for food businesses. Gail Carroll, Brexit Manager for the FSAI, has been explaining to Farm Talk. It's very important for food businesses to be to know that no matter what happens um, with the trade talks, there's going to be big changes from the 1st of January and they need to act now to be ready. So if your food business, if you import any food from um, GB or if you bring in any food across the GB land bridge, you need to be ready for changes that, that will include new customs requirements and other um, formalities like new food controls at the, at the ports. So um, our free webinar, um, which is on next Tuesday the 15th at 10am, will help businesses get Brexit ready. So it'll include lots of practical information for food businesses on the steps that they can take. So we would recommend that uh, people attend it if they can. We'll be recording it so you can watch it back. Um, we've done three other webinars um, so far and you can find those on our website on fsai.ie. And uh, for those who want to attend the webinar, you need to register on the website so that we can send you out the link to it. Um, but it'll, it'll really help businesses to, to identify the steps that they need to do. I suppose, Gail, if we could just discuss what the main concerns are at the minute for those in the business. For a business, if you're buying in food, um, you need to, first of all, you need to register with revenue and get an EORI number. So that's an EORI number. That only takes a couple of minutes. And we'll go through that at the webinar next Tuesday. But um, for certain types of food, you'll also need to register with the Department of Agriculture or the HSE. And you won't be able to bring your foods in unless you take those steps. And we want businesses to be ready and to take those steps now, and we'll outline that in in the webinar. Um, There are also other things businesses can do. Um, We have a QA and a on our website at fsci.ie that answers all the main questions that we're getting, be it on food labelling or food imports um, and all the other things that are going to change. So if you go there and have a look, you should provide uh, find information that will really help your businesses to get ready. So I suppose the main message is, is not to be distracted by what's the news stories and to take action now to be ready for the 1st of January. And for anybody that wants to log on there next Tuesday, what do they have to do now? So they just need to go to fsai.ie and you'll see on the front page um, a, a button to register for the event. And go in and have a look at the uh, Brexit section on our website because there's lots of very straightforward information to help businesses get ready. We, we do understand that this is very complex and we've tried to put straightforward information. There are videos up there, uh, training courses, and lots of kind of easy-to-understand information to help businesses. Gail Carroll, Brexit Manager for the FSAI. A confidential debt support and advice service has been launched for Irish farmers. 
IFA National Farm Business Chairperson, Ms Rosemary McDonough, and Mr Martin Stapleton, Chairman of the IFA Debt Support Service, have launched the Guide to Personal Insolvency Arrangements, PIA. The IFA Debt Support Service was set up following the last recession to provide specific support to farmers in arrears. The confidential service, is emphasised, is comprised of an experienced team of IFA volunteers working with professional support to provide assistance to IFA members in financial difficulties. Martin Stapleton said the IFA had worked with over 500 farmers over the last few years. He points out, while the numbers in difficulties are actually reducing, recent weeks have seen an increase in activity from vulture funds since the COVID-19 payment breaks came to an end. He went on to say, this guide is available on the IFA's website and will serve as a useful resource for farmers in arrears seeking to protect their family home and farm land. Further information on this IFA confidential debt support service may be had from the following phone number 1890-924-853. That's 1890-924-853. Mr Martin Stapleton said that the PIA Personal Insolvency Arrangement is a debt solution mechanism outlined in the Personal Insolvency Act which acts as an insolvency solution for people with unsecured and secured debt. Ms Rosemary McDonough added that a PIA can provide a debtor with protection from their creditors and on completion a debtor will return to solvency. At present, the Oireachtas is considering one of two bills which will reform the area of personal insolvency and amend the current eligibility requirements for PIA. Ms Rosemary McDonough said the definition of relevant debt should be expanded to include debt prior to the year 2015 and debt secured in or over a debtor's income-reliant core asset. Again, the phone number for further information on the IFA Confidential Debt Support Service at 1890 924 853. 1890 John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Heifer Rearer Cube. A trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.